Tigs from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show with two comics from New Jersey. Nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, how you doing, sir? That, that was almost Shatnerian. I know. Like, it's the only way I know how to switch it up. I have to figure out. Listeners, if you can figure out a new way or a new, you know, type of vibe or whatever I can bring to whenever I... Uh, do the little intros, please let me know. Because I, I, I seem to... Shatnerian seems to be the default for me. I don't I, know if you're obligated to say it a different way every single time. I think you can have a set way to do it, and that's fine. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, Dana Carvey would always say, like, live from New York, it's Saturday night! He'd always, like, draw out the <laughs> night. Um, I and I think more people kind of do it that way now. Um, I wow, I didn't realize that. Was, like, so at night he screamed, "Night!" Well, not quite like how I did it, but he he would draw out the word "night." Hmm, interesting. Look, look up one of his old uh, George Bush sketches or something where he's opening up the show, and he, it was always like, "Live from New York, it's Saturday night." Ah, I had no, I was not aware of that. Yeah. Well, look at look at you giving me food for thought. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. I'm just saying, don't drive yourself too nuts about. I strive for perfection, John, with this podcast. I, I, I toil away at it like like Salieri. This, I mean, this is true. Like uh, before we started the show, Darren was telling me about all his problems finding an appropriate gift from this episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about it. Like, yeah. Talk- let's let's talk about because this is entertaining. Uh, by the way, we're we are covering uh, SNL season forty eight episode ten with Aubrey Plaza. Hosting and Sam Smith as a musical guest from January 21st, 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First episode of 2023. Let's talk about this gift problem I have. Yeah. All right. So uh, for, for those that follow us on uh, the Twitter at SNL Nerds Show, yes. like, I always try to put out um, like a little tweet right as the show ends. That's, right. Um, you know, so we can get tweets, of, you know, and have our little... Uh, and, and we can get questions that we can read at the end of the show and stuff. And, and we got a few responses. We're always happy to get those. And it, yeah. Right. And I always like to choose a GIF from the show that just aired and sort of like built it into the tweet, like a little, mm-hmm. a cute little thing I like to do. But yes, I've recently found that it's hard for me to find those tweets. Like whenever I try to use the built in tweet uh, function on Twitter, and I type in, you know, SNL Aubrey Plaza, like it'll have Aubrey Plaza gifts and it'll have SNL gifts, but it won't have the SNL gifts from the Aubrey Plaza sh- episode that just aired. But I right. can find those clips on Giphy.com. But if I try to put those gifts from Giphy.com into the tweet, it only gives me a link and doesn't have the built-in GIF that I want in the tweet. And I don't know what to do anymore. I'm losing my mind. It took me 40 minutes to put it out. I just... I just... I just... <laughs> this is the second time I've heard this rant and it's still entertaining as hell. Yeah. <laughs> just laugh at my pain. I see. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, because I, I asked him... Because you know, like, I know Darren, you know, he tries to do this like right after the show, like five, ten minutes after it ended. And I looked at the tweet from last night and I was like, wait a minute, you... You set that out at one forty. Do you you literally spend forty minutes looking for that gift? And he was like, "Yes, yes, I did." Exactly. <laughs> to a great detriment to my own mental health and well being, I do that. <laughs> uh, That's right. 
God's sake, donate to our Patreon if you can. <laughs> or, or, you know, just just, just uh, re- respond to the tweets, retweet us, uh, get your friends to follow, all that fun stuff. <laughs> yes, let me... Let, let, let this all not have gone in vain. That's a one yeah, Darren's like got a thin hold on sanity right now, it sounds yeah, like. I am oh, holding on by a thread. Slipping into madness day by day. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, first show of 2023. Uh, we're, we're Cecily Strongless. Mm. So what the hell's even the point of anything? You know, what's... What are we even doing here? What, what are we even doing? Folks, that's, yeah, that's our podcast. You can follow us on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> They're incredible. We're just ending it right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was excited about Aubrey Plaza hosting. I was, I've was been a fan of hers for years and years, you know, ever since, I, I suppose, Parks and Rec was where I first really became a fan of hers. Yeah, that's really where she kind of blew up and became more, like, known to all of us. I think... Mm-hmm. Uh, more than yeah, just that girl in Funny People. Yes, exactly. You know her uh, deadpan delivery, her oddball behavior. Uh, yes, won the won won our hearts. Yes, won the hearts of America. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and like she has, of course, a lot of ties to NBC with, with Parks and Rec, and uh, as we'll probably talk about later, you know, her being a page at NBC, and, mm-hmm. and it seemed like a yeah, it felt like a big uh, homecoming for yes. her. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people were looking forward to it. This is like a yeah, hosting was. It's cool that she actually has a history with the show because she actually worked uh, at SNL. She worked uh, for the the set design department. Yes, so that's pretty cool. Pretty um, neat. Pretty neat. And uh, and also uh, musical guest Sam Smith. Yes, absolutely. Sam Smith, who I was, was not thrilled was coming onto the show because I really hated their James Bond theme. Okay. All right. You know what? I got to rant about the GIF. I'll allow. I'll allow you time to rant. I will, about... I will do that at the appropriate time. I don't. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll... Just let me know. Just so I can. There's no myself. reason to to move that up to the front of the program. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that in the front half of the show. No. Wanna... No. Okay. All right. No. You want. You want to save that for the ten to one hour? I got you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll we'll go through this in order. We've got to be. We got to stay organized. Damn it. All right, you're right. You know what? I apologize. Let's, let's stay, 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 stay the course. Stay the course. Exactly, exactly. Um, so we we had uh, the NFL on Fox cold open. Boom. A bunch of our regulars playing the hosts of Fox Sports or you know Fox Football, whatever whatever it is. Uh, I didn't get who Keenan was playing. Um, uh, I'll, I didn't write it. Shoot, that's the only some guy. Um, some... Mikey was playing Howie Long. James yes. Austin Johnson was playing Jimmy Johnson. Devin Walker was playing uh, Michael Strahan, and Molly was playing Terry Bradshaw. Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I know who like three of those people are. <laughs> I'm gonna say Michael Strahan because he's a host of uh, Good Morning America now. Or correct. Uh, Terry Bradshaw because he's in like commercials. Yeah, yeah. He also did that that show with uh, William Shatner and Henry Winkler. There it is. Okay, <laughs> that makes more that makes more sense. And I'm gonna say you also know Howie Long because I think he's in commercials too for like socks or something. Yeah, yeah. I think he did commercials with uh, Terry Hatcher back in the day. Yeah, that's it. Okay, I don't and, remember and... what they were advertising, but they were like coupled up. Right, um, and Terry Hatcher was in Lois and Clark. Okay, see, it all makes sense. 
Well, and and uh, Howie Long is also in that thing you do. There it is. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, with you, I know, like, all roads either lead to, like, Superman or that thing you do or, you know, El- or Elvis Costello or something like that. So, it's always, just find the connections. I mean, that's very unfair. Some some roads lead to Batman. You know what? I stand corrected. Thank you, sir. Yeah, uh, yeah so we got a football uh, cold open. Uh, the, mm-hmm. You know, just minutes after the uh, New York Giants got trounced by the Philadelphia Eagles on their way to the Super Bowl. And, um, yeah, we got, like, a little – it's pretty interesting. It's interesting to see uh, Molly in a cold open. Interesting interesting to see mm-hmm. Devin Walker in a cold open as well, I thought. Yeah, he had a pretty significant part, and they made him – he looked a fair amount like Michael Strahan. Um, and pretty good characterization, I'd say. Right, of course. Um, you know, it's just, like, a lot of football banter. And then, of course, they go to their newest correspondent who uh, – uh, who uh, they've told is a, this huge, amazing uh, ex-NFL player. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be uh, George Santos, played by Bonnier. And yeah, George, George Santos has lied all about his qualifications for the job and his resume and stuff. And uh, Topical! <laughs> yes, he was the first African-American uh, to dunk a football mm-hmm. at the University of College. Ha! Ha <laughs> Um... So, yeah, uh, you know, probably a lot of low-hanging fruit on George Santos. That was probably the big news story of this week, or one of them anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Not I too mean, surprising they're tackling it in the cold open. Uh, yeah, so much so that they tackle it some more during the weekend update, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd say what I was most impressed by was they cut away uh, from him as George Santos, and then he returns and he's in full drag. He's like in a wig, makeup, and he's got a a dress on. I'm just, I was really impressed that they remade Bowen that quickly. Yeah, I I imagine they have like a a pit crew almost, just people just... Yeah, yeah. They were just unscrewing all of Bowen's things. I I assume (laughs) costumes come on and off like tires? Yeah, I'm sure that's how it works. Or at the very least, probably like breakaway, like Velcro. You just like kind of... Rip them off like uh, basketball pants. Yeah, yeah, maybe that too. Maybe yeah. that too. Um, uh, so, yeah. so that was cute. Um, yeah, because I mean, <laughs> how insane is it that George Santos apparently has a history as a drag performer? Yeah, That's, I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with being a drag performer or anything like that, but it's just it is still not what something you expect from a member of Congress, particularly a Republican member of Congress. Yeah, like uh, also as I believe he's like kind of voted on a lot of things that made that make it difficult for uh, LGBTQ people and yeah. uh, drag queens to just live in this world. So to, to see the hypocrisy there is just... Yeah, I mean, that hypocrisy. seems to be a thing. Is like it, it seems like a lot of times you, you find out people who are behind these big this big anti-gay legislation and stuff, it seems like a lot of times they get caught... <laughs> Yeah, they get revealed as yeah. having some yeah, doing gay stuff, stuff in their past. Yeah, just like you know, doing stuff in restrooms and uh, you yeah, know, yeah, tapping, tapping toes with other fellas. So it's yeah, I guess they're just in such deep denial or such self hatred or something. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um. But overall, this I thought this cold open was okay. Uh, wasn't. I mean, I guess it was political, but not really. Um. 
Yeah, it yeah no, I'd, I'd say it's political. I mean, yeah. uh, like I said, it's it's kind of low-hanging fruit because it's just, you know, oh, George Santos lies about a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, they didn't really say anything that, like, wowed me or dazzled me joke-wise. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, all right, this is fine. And it's, it, it didn't go on too long, I thought, so mm-hmm. overall I thought it was decent. Yeah, it was it was decent. Um, so next we have the Aubrey Plaza monologue. Uh, she came out. She like looked I, very glamorous. I thought she was in this black sparkly dress. looked looked very striking. Yeah, she's she's a blonde now too. Yeah, yeah. Did she do that for White Lotus or one of her other projects? I I would assume it's work related. I think so. I don't know. Like it seems I've seen her in a few like recent interviews, and she her hair just seems to be blonde now. I think she's yeah like gonna keep it for a, a bit. Like I know. Have you, have you watched White Lotus? I have not watched White Lotus at all. I have not, but I'm. The way people are talking about it, I'm, it's starting to make me think maybe I should check this out because. Like, it's, I mean, it's one of the trendy shows now. I know. Yeah, um, and then, like, and I know, uh, like Mike White writes on, and I like Mike White. I like. Yeah, Mike yeah, White. he's written on a lot of good stuff. He wrote School of Rock. He wrote on Freaks and Geeks. Um, other things. <laughs> Etc. Yes. Uh, um, but yeah, so like part of me thinks, well, maybe I would like White Lotus. Maybe I should check it out. So I might. So uh, yeah, this is my official announcement, ladies and gentlemen. I, I might check out White Lotus soon in the future. Yeah, I know Jennifer Coolidge just won a Golden Globe for it. So that's oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and let's see, Aubrey Paul says she talked about how she was recently voted the most famous person from Delaware. And which is kind of funny because another famous person from Delaware is our current president, Joe Biden. Oh, and, yeah, that's right. And she actually introed a video that Joe Biden sent her, congratulating yeah. her, which, wow, I wasn't expecting a presidential cameo during the show tonight, but that was kind of cool. That's what we got. Yeah, I think I saw online. Some people thought it might have been like a deep fake or something. I, w- I saw a little of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... but- I mean, she's probably at least met Biden because I remember that Parks and Recreation did a thing mm. where they went to Washington and Joe Biden had a cameo on it. I think this was when he was vice president. Yes, 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 that's true. I remember that. And, and they established that Amy Poehler's character, Leslie Nope, remember that name that may be important later, mm-hmm. uh, that she has a massive crush on Joe Biden. Yes, exactly. It's it's a running gag, which I always love. And I imagine, yeah, yeah like they... They probably do know each other because, as far as uh, yeah. famous people from Delaware go, I'm I'm pretty sure they're the only two. <laughs> it could be. It could be. So, I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess they had some sort of prior relationship, you know. Yeah, I mean, no, or people just, called his people or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like you know, his mom called her mom or something. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, no offense to Delaware, but it's just it's a it's a state that people just just plumb forget about. Not a lot going on there, I don't think. Um, yeah, just. Just drive Which is through. probably half the point of Delaware, honestly. Yeah, just like the only few times I've been, I went to Delaware once for a wedding, like years ago, uh-huh. and from what I remember, yeah, it was pretty not uh, not not the happiest of uh, metropolises. But I mean, I you know, maybe that's something you want. You if you want to live in a nice, quiet place, you could do a lot worse than Delaware. Yeah, that's I true. Think. I don't know. I'm not sure if I've ever been. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you want, like some. I imagine it can't be too expensive to live there, right? I have no idea. I think we've about exhausted my knowledge of Delaware. <laughs> hey, I'm in Delaware. Yeah. 
So let's see. Uh, Aubrey also talked about how she worked as an NBC page for the set building team. And apparently there are a bunch of old pervy guys. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess that checks out. Um, and then she decided to take us on a tour of the studio, which I always find kind of fun when the, the host does that and you get to see like how the backstage is set up and you might see a few showgirls and Abe Lincoln and a llama. Yeah, and we did see showgirls, and uh, it looks and somebody it looked like some of the actual pages at NBC put like a an old page jacket on her, and she gave us a tour. Yeah, yeah. of she, she uh, said you you guys will be totally hosting the show someday. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, look for that in the next fifteen years. That's right. Look for uh, Johnny Freckles or whatever the kid's name was to host mm -hmm. in Johnny uh, Freckles. Yeah, yeah, to host in a uh, you know two thousand and fifty. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, she answers a call at the NBC page desk. Uh, Keenan is still waiting on his Starbucks order from 2004. Yeah, and uh, and then we get we get some fun cameos. We do get some fun cameos because, like, I think at one point she's talking about you know how she wasn't a, a quote unquote good intern. And right. like how when she'd give tours, the people would be like, oh, the people always say, oh, we're going to see somebody famous. And she's like, no, you're not going to see anybody famous. You're going to see like a, you know, a, a security guard in his 50s eating a sandwich. And that's it. There's never right. any famous people around here. And lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. And it's it's so nice that she showed up to support Aubrey on her first hosting of SNL and yeah, those two apparently are tight in real life, and it's just really sweet to see. I I, I find it so heartwarming when like co-stars seem to genuinely love each other and have affection for each other and show up for each other. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, we've heard enough stories about how you know some cast members on TV shows have good chemistry on screen, but off screen they're like hate each other's guts. Right. So it's always always really good when you say, oh, they, they actually genuinely like each other off screen and like i have heard like you know they that they do hang out and they you know mm -hmm. keep in touch yeah or, you know they have kept in touch since uh Par parks and rec went off the air and it's just like yeah just there is some good in the world there is there is like, yeah. like i said I, I find that very hard for me and and then she she goes by the set building department and we have another cameo we have akira yashimura all right, so fun. He is he is one of the longest standing uh, crew members on SNL. He's been the production designer there since the very beginning in 1975, and he's he's made several cameos on the show over the years. Most notably as Sulu, whenever they do a Star Trek parody, that's become a running gag in itself. Is they always have Akira dressed up as Sulu. I'm still waiting for that next Star Wars Star Trek Star Trek parody. Yeah. So they can bring him in. No, no Star Wars uh, nerds get angry at me over that little uh, snafu I just made. I'm sure no one will. I mean, Star. <laughs> if there's one thing we know about Star Wars fans and Star Trek fans, they never, ever get angry on the internet. Nope. They're all, they're even-minded and even-keeled. Yep. <laughs> yep. They're just, they're very understanding and, yep. and kind. And, and tolerant. Yes. Laid back. They're, they, mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. They're just like, hey, that's not how I would have done it, but hey, you do you, friend. Yeah. Oh, thank you, uh, Tricky015169. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, this was fun. I thought this was a pretty good monologue. And, you know, I just, I find Ari Plaza a very fun, engaging performer. She's just 
I don't know. Just some something about her just pushes my buttons. I respond to her as a performer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think I also liked how she even kind of mentioned that, like how people think that, you know, just because she has, she's sort of had this persona attached to her because, yeah. you know, people say, oh, she's very deadpan and deadpan, sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, like Daria or Wednesday Adams. He's got like about three levels of irony to her. Yeah, exactly. But like, she actually said like, yeah, I know I, when I say things, it sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but no, I I genuinely care about things. I actually yeah, I have I'm, feelings. Yes, yeah, I'm actually very happy to be here. And I do like the gag where she's like, "Yeah, my parents are here in the audience," and then cut to a, a giant voodoo doll and a, <laughs> and a statue of Medusa. Yeah, audience. that was fun. That was fun. And then after that, they cut to her actual grandmother uh, up in the balcony, and yeah, that was yeah. sweet. I thought it was pretty sweet. Yeah, you were sweet. So off to a strong start so far. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so next we have our first sketch called Miss Universe. Uh, Keenan serving as the host of the pageant. He's like, this is one of the many shows left where we rate women. <laughs> um, yes. I thought that was a pretty good line. Uh, yeah, this sketch is written by Mike DiCenzo, Chloe Feynman, Heidi Gardner, Jake Nordwind, and uh, Ciara O'Sullivan. Mm, a lot of writers. A lot of writers for this one. A lot of writers. Um Kind of a tough sketch to describe. They're they're just going through their final seven contestants in the pageant. And they're all from different countries, of course, because it's Miss Universe. And everyone is shouting for no reason. Yeah, like I actually had to look into this one a little bit. And apparently they got the idea off of this thing on TikTok that went kind of viral. Oh, well, no wonder I didn't know about it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So so basically, I guess at the most recent uh, Miss Universe pageant, you know, like when they have the um, the, mis- the contestants come out to say like where they're from, yeah. And they they come out and say with like a lot of gusto, like uh-huh. Albania, Costa Rica, right, Denmark, like they say it like that. But uh-huh. so when Miss when Miss France said it, she said France, like oh okay okay. She, so this is parroting act- something specific. Okay, I thought yes. it was just being weird for the sake of being weird, but okay, that no, makes no, sense. no, 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 no. It's a thing. So she said it like like that, like almost like a like a call. so like that like uh kind of went viral on tiktok for a bit and people were like oh that sounded really weird so i guess based on that we got this okay okay all right that makes a little more sense to me i thought it was just like absurd for the sake of being absurd i did Um, too i did too like i thought it was almost like another marzipan thing mm -hmm, where we're mm -hmm. just getting weirdness just for weirdness, but apparently it's kind of based on... I mean, it's still weird. It's still a very weird sketch. It is. It is. It is. Uh, but I thought it was weird in a good way. And it's, and it's fun to see the show getting this weird this early in the show. Um, so yeah. I, th- I think the performances definitely elevated it. Everyone was just kind of throwing themselves into it. I liked it when they were when Keenan asked them, where do you see yourself in five years? And Molly just goes, dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> that just got me and, and molly says yeah skydiving accident <laughs> yeah it's it's a this is a weird like yeah it's mostly them screaming their answers and yeah i mean it also focuses on miss france played by uh, Aubrey plaza who looks like more and more deranged <laughs> yeah yeah i mean she can play crazy very well she can you know just do bizarre things so yeah that was good and of course you always want to give your your host the showy role so Absolutely. Um, uh, and then the sketch uh, ends in a weird way because they go to the judges mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, 
celebrity uh, cameo appearance number two for the night, we get the Property Brothers and Tony Hawk as yeah. the, as the uh, judges. And also, I liked when they show them and they have their names underneath them. It yeah. just says Property Brother. Yeah, property. they're just both captioned Property Brother. I really liked that. Um and they were like, hey, why are you here? And the first one says, bad with money. And the other one says, I'm his twin. Yes. And yeah, so that was, yeah. That was cute. Yeah. And of course, uh, it turned out Miss France wins the pageant. And, right. you know, she gets the crown and she's and uh, Keenan says, do you have any words for everybody? And she says, don't take the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also liked how Tommy, uh, oh, Tony Hawk just goes, Frank! Um, yeah. you know, Tony Hawk was obviously having a ball, so yeah, this was, was fun. Yeah, this was an odd one. This definitely had like 10 to 1 vibes, but to see it, it did. I like if I were doing the show lineup, I might have put this one a little deeper into the show, but like I said, I don't I don't really mind it being up front. It's it's kind of cool that it's not a formulaic sketch at the beginning of the show, so yeah, no, they they got weird real early, boss. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you're going to get weird early, I mean, Aubrey Plaza is an ideal host to have for that. So. Exactly. I think she, she supports weirdness with all of her heart and soul. Yeah. And I think like the audience likes her enough, uh, enough to be like, all right, I'll go on this. I'll, weird I'll go on this weird journey with you, Aubrey Plaza. Exactly. <laughs> I Here's will take your hand and go wherever you lead. <laughs> I'll follow you into the mouth of hell. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza. Yep. Um, so next we had a, uh, we had a pre-tape uh, called The Black Lotus. Uh, this, of course, parody of The White Lotus, which is about horrible rich people at a hotel in a beautiful location. And from what I understand, The White Lotus, like one of the, one of the people, one of the characters we get to know gets killed by the end of the season. And it's like a surprise I who gets killed. So. Yeah, I believe so. Like, I mean, I you don't really yeah. need to know... The to, you don't need to have seen the White Lotus to get this sketch, but you know I, I assume it. But helps. it probably helps. It probably helps. Like you, 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 know, you understand why uh, Chloe Fine is doing her Jennifer Coolidge impression again. I mean, she got to break that out again, so yeah. I'm, I'm sure Chloe was happy about that. And I mean, the twist here is that all the employees at the hotel are black, That's right. and they're not putting up with any of this foolishness. That's right. That's right. So that's my word, son. So they're just they're just coming back at all the guests with their absurd demands and stuff. Um, right. I think I want oh, this point, was cute. Didn't didn't overstay its welcome for me. Yeah, I thought it went, maybe went on a little too long, but like all, all overall, I did like this one. I liked how mm-hmm. uh, you know it had uh, James Austin Johnson going up to the concierge desk saying, "Hey, these uh these two women with me. I just give them a key to my room. They'll be with me for a while." And I right. think Stephen says, "Oh, well." If they have the key to your room, that means they can charge whatever they want to the room. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, it's fine. And he's yeah. like, oh, so you rich, rich? All right. Yeah, yeah. And Ego's like, hey, can we get these two whores keys to his room? <laughs> she just does not give enough. Um, yeah. So that I, was fun. I also liked at the end when we had like two policemen come in. They were like, hey, a body washed up from the ocean. And she's like, oh, well, I work in the hotel, so <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is, is the ocean part of the hotel? Because I work for the hotel. Yeah, yeah, I also—I mean, I also liked how they said uh, the Black Lotus is located in all exotic locales like Atlanta, D.C., and Italy. Italy, spelled I-T apostrophe L-Y. I was like, yeah, we we do be saying that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I, and I also liked how we have um, 
Aubrey Plaza in this sketch is who works at the hotel, but she's uh, her Latino. It, yeah. And, uh, so we got like a little bit of the, you know, fiery Latino. <laughs> of, uh, uh, Latina. Latina. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. Apologies. So it's, uh, yeah, overall, this was a pretty solid sketch. I, I yeah. it. I, isn't, doesn't uh, Aubrey Plaza have like a little Latin background herself? Uh, yeah, she is uh, half Puerto Rican. Okay, yeah, I thought so. All right. Right, so that's how, it's not like, you know, brown face or nothing. It's 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it's called. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought the sketch was, was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I, thought, I was like, all right, so far, so I enjoyed cute. it. It was cute. Uh, yeah, and this one was written by uh, Neil Casey, Ego Wodum, and Brian Tucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well directed too, I thought. Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. So far, so good. Uh, next, we have Taboo, which is a sketch with uh, you know a bunch of neighbors kind of getting to know each other through a, a nice game of Taboo, which is one of those like password type games where you have to guess a word without using certain words. And Mikey uh, and Aubrey played a new couple who they have a a very bizarre life that we get a peek into. Yeah. Uh, so this one, it's. I mean, it's basically Mikey and Aubrey making this sketch go. Like, yeah, the yeah. two of the, it's. I mean, the, the, it's pretty much all of them. Yeah, the yeah. There's lines. a little reaction from the other folks, but yeah, everybody else is more or less an extra in this. It's just Mikey and Aubrey, and she's like, "Oh, this is what I was on when we first met." Uh, mescaline. Uh, no. Uh, fire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I buy a lot of online. Uh, shoes. No, no. Uh, you always tell me. Candles. Uh, no. Uh, guns. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is what I, st- this is what I steal from whenever we go to a hotel. Uh, car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then at one point, Aubrey is talking about how this playing taboo is like this turn on for her. And she's like, yes. Okay. Now choke me. <laughs> yes. Do me on this horrible couch right now. Um, I, I really like this. It it ended very abruptly, I thought. I think that's like the one strike against it. But I thought this was very funny. And, I mean, they just threw themselves into the performances there. Yeah, no, they really sold it. And I, I do agree with you. I would say with this sketch and another sketch coming up later on where it ended a little, a little too abruptly for me. I was like, ah, oh, they mm-hmm. got to... I gotta find a way to get better endings for these sketches. Cause, yeah, yeah, endings like, are always tough. It is, yeah, it is. But like, I, I felt like if they had a stronger ending, this, hmm, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's a sketch of the night for me, but it's definitely up there. I did enjoy this. Yeah, I in my notes I put sketch of the night. Uh, I get and put a little question mark. <laughs> you said like uh, like John Lovitz sketch. Yeah, of the I, night. I went up. You know, <laughs> sketch of the night. John Lovitz or John Mulaney, one of the Johns. Yes. Yes. Okay, but uh, yeah, uh, great sketch. I thought that this was yeah, great sketch. Definitely one of my favorites of the night. This is, um, the, this is the Mikey and Streeter joint. This one, you know, I tend to like the Mikey and Streeter stuff. Uh, you know, they they don't show the uh, writer credits during the show, so I'm I'm reacting to them honestly. But when I find out it's a Mikey and Streeter thing, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they have had a few misses, but mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it's a hit. I like their stuff more often than not. Just, yeah, Absolutely. something about their comedic voice speaks to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so. they didn't make too much of a, a meal out of everybody reacting to the weirdness. 
because that can get really old as like, oh, this weird thing is happening and I'm reacting to it and I'm commenting on it and I I have a backstory and everything. You don't need that. Just just give us the weirdness. Yeah, they do do that quite a quite a bit in these sketches with like, what did yeah. you say? What? And it's yeah, like, this one like... didn't fall into that trap, which I really appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next up, morning announcements. We, yep. We got a, a Molly anchored sketch here this time. Yeah, that was nice to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, this... Molly Molly Carney and uh, our host, Aubrey Plaza, they're like two nuns doing morning announcements at their school. Uh, yeah, and so it's just two nuns on the intercom, you know, doing morning announcements. Uh, you know, and I think that at first they mentioned how uh, Molly uh, saw Stars Born. And mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza blurts out how a hairdryer fell into the tub. Uh, she died for a few minutes, woke up, and is now questioning everything about her family. Right. She did not see heaven. Um, yes. <laughs> as it turns out. So, yeah, that would, that would make you question your faith. Yeah, which I don't, see, I don't know about this sketch. Because I, I did like that premise of mm-hmm. a, a nun being like, yeah, I died and I didn't see heaven. I'm going to. What, what does all this mean? I want to go have sex and do 69 right, and stuff. Right, right. But they didn't really stick to that. They kind of pulled away from it, and then they had all these other stuff interjecting with it. Yeah, like, it became just kind of more general weirdness. Um, yeah, I, I didn't write down a whole lot on this sketch. I sort of enjoyed it. I, I thought it was all right, but it, it didn't blow me away. Yeah, uh, it was the same. I did like the line where um, when Aubrey Plaza says, uh, yeah, I... You know, when I was dead, I didn't see heaven. And then Molly quickly says, well, maybe it was a close for MLK Day. Yes. All right. And and she's like, no, it was it was a Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And I mean, I it's nice to see Molly get a a big showcase on the show. Yeah, I I think they're very funny. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love to see. Molly, you get more stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, with this sketch, it's, again, it's like I said, like, I really wish to kind of focus on that whole, you know, the nun having a near, near-death near experience. And yeah, I feel like there yeah. was more comedy to, to mine there, but then they just kind of got away from it. And then they had yeah. uh, Sarah Sherman as like the like the student running the the board who i guess was right and she she keeps getting she keeps addressing molly's character wrong she she's like oh sorry mother oh i mean sister and then later she calls molly dad and she's like oh that's even more wrong and and we had uh andrew dismukes as another student and he's just like really nervous about the yeah i I don't know if those were necessarily needed but it was fine yeah, it was fine. It definitely wasn't needed. And then it ended on a song. It ended on them singing uh, In the Shallows from A, mm-hmm. a Star is Born. Yeah. Which I was like, uh, just because like, I feel like they do this quite a bit where if they don't know how to end a sketch or they need to pad out a sketch, they just throw in singing. And that's yeah. like, a way for them to sort of coast along and get by. And I'm like, uh, that's feels like a bit of a cop out to me. Like A bit of a like, crutch. Yeah, very much so. It's like, ah, oh, I wish... Hear that, SNL? Darren's calling you out, son. That's right. That's right, SNL. What's up? You, y'all know where I'm at, at Darren Credible. If you got a problem with me, you know where to find me. What up? I keep it real. <laughs> Hello? Are you... Keeping it real. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Keeping it real. Trump, my man, John no, Trump has got... Darren, okay. yes. Darren, yes. I am not about to join in on you <laughs> with those voices. Come on! That would not end well for me, sir. <laughs> 
all right. I was just going to say you have my back, like, in case, uh, you know. That's... I have your back. I do not have your back with doing that voice because that that will be taken out of context yeah. somewhere like five years down the line. I will lose jobs. Right. You know what, John? I That was a test and you passed. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Flying colors. I am too white to pull that off. <laughs> Uh, I'm just too wide. Oh, I yeah. I have enough self awareness. <laughs> Respect. I am near translucent. <laughs> I cannot do that. You're, you're like saran wrap, just almost like see through. Oh yeah, no. I I go to a beach. I just burst into flames. <laughs> Flame on. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh, good times. Good times. Good What's times. That? Good times. We're not racist. No, uh, we're not. Nope. Uh, uh, so next sketch uh, was uh, Megan 2.0. This was like that. This movie, Megan, this is like a big trendy thing right now, man. It is. It's the new hot. It's the new sensation that's sweeping the nation. I go on Twitter and like half the stuff I see is all about Megan and Megan, 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 Megan. And I haven't seen it. Apparently it's like a, a horror movie about a robot girl. Yeah, all right. or a real girl who looks like a robot, or is passing herself off as a robot. I I don't know. Here, I'll I'll, I'll break it down for you. Oh, quickly, uh, the morning announcement sketch, written by Mike DeShenzo and Jake Nordwind. Okay. Okay. So Megan, Megan, have you seen happened. Megan? Can you explain Megan to me? I have not seen Megan, but I've seen the trailer and I got the gist of it. Okay. Uh, so basically, this little girl loses her parents in a freak accident. Uh, the little girl goes to live with her aunt played by Allison Williams, who's like this, who's like a big, uh, I guess, robot. Well, Allison Williams is in the movie? Allison Williams is in the movie. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I thought just a random cameo. No. You know, like, it's amazing how if you watch things, you get, like, added context to these these parodies. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it, it, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, Allison Williams uh, t- took in the little child, and she's like a... Uh, She's into, but uh, Allison Williams at the job, she's like into like a robotics type of uh, mm-hmm. firm. She's into, I guess, you know, building robots and AI and whatnot. Well, so, who isn't? Yeah, of course. So, you know, seeing as how her niece is like very despondent and depressed over losing her parents, she builds this AI robot named Megan to be her friend and protect her, you know, at all costs from anybody else. And of course, you know, the uh, the AI Megan robot takes protecting the little child to uh, to extreme measures. I see. Okay. So okay. It's, yeah, exactly. So kind of like the movie AI, but with like a horror movie twist. Yeah, but from what I hear, a lot of people say the movie it's it is scary, but it's also kind of campy and funny. Like people found this movie to be pretty hilarious. So I don't think it's like straight up you know, frightening horror slasher movie. Oh, so people are, like, loving it ironically. I know, I think they actually like it. I think it's actually funny, but it's not, like, frightening horror movie. It's, there's actually, like, kind of a, a campy... More like a child's play kind of thing? I think so, yeah. It's like a campy vibe to it. All right, and, all right. It has uh, Aston Williams, I think Ronnie Cheng's in it, and uh, I think a few other people. But, uh, yeah, okay. it's doing well. Like, I, Yeah, I have not seen it. I'm not a, I'm not a big horror guy. Uh, yeah, same. So, yeah, you know, not, not something I would seek out for my entertainment. But, I mean, this, this was funny. We had, we had Chloe as Megan, and apparently Megan has 
captivated gay men. So they made a new, they made a sequel with a new Megan 2.0, and that's that's Aubrey, that right. is even more geared for gay men to love her because she's, I guess, because she, she's sassier. I'm not sure, but I have heard that. Like, I mean, I kind of saw it in a at a tweet where basically somebody tweeted out, "It's weird how like gay men are really resonating or you know gravitating uh-huh. towards Megan when uh like uh and also uh was like Billy Eichner made a movie called you know made Bros last year. No one yes. to say it. And it's but yeah, like it is. Yeah, weird. and and he had a tweet saying like, "Oh, if you don't see Bros or if you don't like Bros, you're homophobic." Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's probably yeah. wasn't great for winning people over. No, no, yeah. For some reason, a lot of people are aren't too wild about Billy Eichner. It's he's he's, he's a little divisive. Well, he's he's an extreme personality, and I can I can see how he would be like you love him or hate him. I I found him very annoying at first, and then I grew to like him. Oh, okay, yeah. So he just has that type of personality. Yeah, uh, I think but, so. Yeah, but yeah, for, for for some reason, a lot of gay people are like, yeah, Yas Queen. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying that shit. But <laughs> oh, you know, a lot of people are like really get gravitating towards Megan, and you know, saying you know, strap in, hunty, Annabelle could never. I wrote that down. Uh, okay, okay. Um, the line I I liked from the sketch they said, "If there's one thing gay men like, it's unhinged plastic women." Um, so they have both of the Megans at at a gay bar, and all the the gay men are just going wild for them. Or yes. are going wild for Aubrey's Megan 2.0 in particular. Yes, as they do uh, TikTok dances to the right. delight of many a gay man. Yeah, yeah. And then Allison Williams comes in and she has a cameo. And C- Celebrity cameo number three. Um, or four? I mean, are we counting the Property Brothers and Tony Hawk as one cameo? Mm. Or are those three separate cameos? Do we count Akira? As a cameo, because for us, I'd, I'd say he counts as a celebrity cameo. Mm, that's a good point. All right, so that's that's five right there. Okay, all right, five. Fifth yeah. celebrity cameo. This yeah. episode is cameo heavy. Yeah. Uh, so Allison Williams comes on, and they're like, "Oh, you're that one from Girls who had her ass eaten out." <laughs> She's like, "Yes, yes." What a I thing was. to be known for! Oh my god! Yeah, I, I didn't see. <laughs> I didn't see that episode. I kind of quit Girls after a while, but like I, even I knew that. The, I did not watch Girls, but even I have heard about that episode. Man, man my man went in there like bobbing for apples. Um, and and yeah, Bowen Yang's character says like, "Oh, hey, hey, if you get your ass eaten out, you're you're an ally." <laughs> Which, okay. okay. Um, what a good sport, Allison Williams is being. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, uh, I guess, you know, at some point you just got to steer into that curve, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she considered that from every angle before she agreed to do that on the show. So more power to you, sister. Yeah. I'm sure that they're like, wait, so in this scene, I'm somebody, somebody's going to do what to, to me? Yeah. I, hey, man. Uh, God bless. Yes. God bless you, Allison Williams. I enjoyed you and Peter Pan live a few years back. So. <laughs> Peter Pan live. Wow. Yeah. All that's, right, that's the main place I know her from. Okay, I never watched Girls. Uh, no, it's I only saw the first season. I thought it was like, eh, yeah, and then, so I just kind of bailed on it. But I mean, I thought mo- most people would know from Get Out than uh, Peter Pan Live. That's a deep cut. Yeah, well, I didn't realize she was in Get Out. 
Yeah, she's like the main uh, uh, broad. Bit. Okay. She's the main gal. All right. But as you said, you're not a horror movie guy, so I get it. I'm not, and I I, I still haven't gotten around to seeing Get Out. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I'm, I'm a bad ally. Yeah. Just, oh, John, what are we going to do with you? I don't know. I, I, I'm not opposed to seeing Get Out. I want to see Get Out. I'm, I'm interested in Jordan Peele. I, I enjoy him. It's very good. I don't think it's... Yeah. It's more of a... I would say it's more of a psychological thriller. Yeah, see, that's like that I get into. That's yeah. that's fun. I'm, I'm not I'm not into the, like the slasher movies with all the gore and the yeah no. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like I, like I don't watch the scream movies. I don't watch Texas Chainsaw. Whatever. I, I did I did watch most of the scream movies. I haven't. I, I kind of jumped off of them. I haven't seen like the latest, the new scream movies. I think they've done two more recently. I think so, and they have a new one coming out in March with uh, right. Jenna Ortega, who's like the new It girl. Right, from, uh, and I, I remember reading Nev Campbell wasn't in that because I guess she wasn't being paid well. Yeah, she she um, um, she bounced because like they they did yeah. not show her the money. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, Megan, shit. Yes. Uh, yeah, I thought this sketch was okay. It's pretty short; didn't mm-hmm. go on too long, and uh, you know. It uh, references uh, getting your buddy. So, hey, man, what more could yeah. you ask for in a sketch? Sure. I mean, well, that's all we really want, right? Yes. Analingus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next we have our musical guest <laughs> for the week, uh, Sam Smith. Yes. Oh, uh, that pre-tape, uh, Megan. Oh, yes. Written by Chloe Feynman, Jim Fowley, Jake Nordwin, Ciara O'Sullivan. All right. Uh, so yeah, Sam Smith. Did, Sam Smith did two performances. The first one was called "Unholy" uh, with uh, Kim Petrus, mm-hmm. and uh, the second performance, the one that uh, a lot of people seem to be talking about, uh, was Gloria, off of her, off of their shit, off of their upcoming album by the same name, Gloria. Yeah. Yes, uh, and it's not like a remake of the uh, Laura Branigan song, much to my... See, dismay. I would have liked that. I, yes. I would have enjoyed that. Uh, we, need, we need a nice remake of yes. the Laura Branigan, Gloria. You're always on the run now, Gloria. Yeah. And it's also not uh, a remake of the um, Van Morrison song, Gloria, either. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gloria. Yeah. It's a bummer on two fronts here. There's some good songs called Gloria, man. Yeah, Gloria's uh, it's Gloria's inspired a lot of uh, songwriting, I guess. Yeah, you think those songs are about the same Gloria? Maybe I don't know. That'd be cool, right? It'd be it'd be amazing if they're all about uh, Gloria Estefan. Sure. Yeah. That'd be bonkers. Like, wow. That'd be that'd be. So, um, so what do we think of Sam Smith? Uh, Sam Smith. Uh, it's a artist I don't know much about. Mm-hmm. Uh, both performances, I think, visually were very interesting. Like I'll always give an artist props for trying to do something different because you know we've mm-hmm. seen a number of SNL performances where the artist just kind of goes through the motions, you know, lip syncs, hits the same beats, and does the mm-hmm. dance, and by the end of it, you forgot you even saw it. So whenever somebody tries to switch it up and do something different, I'm like, all right, well, that's at least they're, they're, you give it a shit. And for, and for that, I give you an E for effort. Okay. 
Okay. Do you want? Um, is this where you go into your Sam Smith rant? I I don't really have a rant. I just uh, I, I don't have much to say. I I thought both their numbers were pretty awful. It's just it's just so not my thing. It's just so it's so in your face and pretentious and not music that I care for. I just I I honestly I would have muted the TV if I didn't have to watch it for this podcast. Wow. So, uh, I just did not like it at all. Okay. I, hmm. Well, I mean, the first performance on Holy, I thought, I thought it was okay, but I, I can sort of see why you thought it might've been pretentious because mm-hmm. like in, uh, in the first performance, Sam is wearing this giant, giant pink frilly dress. And it's like so yeah. big that Sam can't even move around the stage. Like Sam is just kind of, stuck in one place and kind of moving back and forth swaying to the song and then halfway through the song the dress opens up and kim petras pops out and and does her verse where it's like oh okay that's that's interesting that's fun um yeah the first performance in holy i thought was okay the second performance gloria this seems to be the one that everybody's talking about and i can understand how you thought it might have been pretentious because it can come across that way because... i mean honestly i thought both were pretentious oh, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just not i'm not big into like the musicians who are like i'm wearing this outrageous costume and aren't i fabulous and it just seems so fake and, and i mean i mean you yeah. could say uh, somebody like elton john or something like that too somebody who else who's very or, yeah, or, I mean, or somebody who's like very yeah uh, i'd say somebody like elton john is about my limit for that sort of thing <laughs> 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 if you're not Elton John or Bootsy Collins, I got no, I got no need for you. Well, like if you're in a '70s funk band, I think there are different standards. Okay. <laughs> if you're in like Earth, Wind, and Fire or something like yes. that. Uh, yes. If you're part of Parliament Funkadelic, you're all right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, just like I said, just so not my thing. Um, right. I mean, because like the second performance, like I said, I can see how you sort of would think that's kind of pretentious because in the second performance, yeah. Like Sam Smith is, be- is behind, like this choir of this pe- choir, and we've got we've got Sharon Stone sitting on a like a chaise lounge. Yeah, and it's like they're doing, and it's never really commented on. She doesn't really do much of anything. It's just it's just weirdness for the sake of weirdness. I thought. Yeah, it's like the uh, the choir is doing like these Gregorian chants, and, yeah. the, and also the whole thing is uh, acoustic acapella. And yeah. like they're doing these like Gregorian chants, almost like uh, remember the band Enigma? No, they came out that song "Sadness" in the nineties. It yeah. was like you remember? Oh, look up Enigma. So. Uh, but it was kind of like that. It looked uh, it looked like there was going to be like a seance or a, some type of eyes wide shut sex sex act or yeah or some sort of sa- satanic ritual or yes. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yes the virgin everybody Connie. had to say Fidelio before they they came on stage yes the Virgin Connie Swain. It's going to be slain tonight. Yes. Uh, Don't forget your gut leggings. <laughs> Muzz, Amel, Amel, Muzz. Oh, Dragnet. No, and, and and also for half of it, I'm like, is that Sharon Stone? I can't quite tell because I haven't seen Sharon Stone in forever. Um, yeah, a lot of people did, a lot of people thought it was Madonna at first. When they saw I mean, it. she was, and and not that she looks bad by any stretch of the imagination. She just looks. She just looks different enough that I it it was just enough to throw me, and I was like, "Is that Sharon Stone? I think it's Sharon Stone." 
could it be somebody else? I don't. And and yeah, so half the number, I'm like, I'm wondering who that is. Yeah, like I didn't know who it was until they did the close up, and I was like, oh no, right. that's, that's definitely Sharon Stone. And uh-huh. I was wondering, like, why is Sharon Stone in his performance? And right, very random, right? Very random. Uh, celebrity cameo number six. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw online some people were saying, well, Sharon Stone was in that 1999 Sidney Lumet movie Gloria, and this name of the song is Gloria, so maybe that's why she's here. But I was like, what? A, wow, that's what a, a that's a stretch. What a reach, what a deep cut, but just weirdness. That's yeah. that, that's a Reed Richard reach. That or no, yeah, Reed yeah, I, yeah, I got it, I did it. <laughs> that's a Mister Fantastic. Yeah, that is a mis- that's a plastic man reach. I, I I can't I can't get behind that. Yeah, um, yeah. But overall, I thought the songs were okay. Like I thought the the second song was I don't know. I'm I'm always a sucker for acoustic yeah. um, acapella shit. I mean, I I generally like that stuff too, but. Uh... But yeah, no, I, I understand Sam Smith's stuff just not to my taste. I am so not the audience for Sam Smith's. No, I I, I understand how it can be a little. Yeah, it can be. I, I feel like I've given them an uh, a an honest try, yeah. but I, from what I've sampled, no. <laughs> no, I can understand how it can look a little too uh, try hard to a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, I don't I don't like seeing people try that hard. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, it just it just seems so inherently fake to me. Um, like, oh, I'm so important. Look, it's like uh, like Jared Leto, I guess, where he's like, oh, yeah, so so yeah. important. Oh, I'm an. Oh, artist. I'm gonna send dead rats to my co-stars. <laughs> I'm gonna send them used condoms. I'm gonna, and then and then the movie comes out and you suck in it, and <laughs> you know, it's like, well, maybe you should have like spent less time mailing shit to people, and <laughs> maybe just learn your lines. You, you said, yeah, just work on the performance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared! Leto. You don't need—you don't need to mail all those dead rats. <laughs> all that post enjoys that. All that post nobody, wa- nobody wants a, a pig carcass tossed into the middle of their 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 uh, reading. Yeah, all that postage you're wasting. The DS- DHL people don't want to see that. Exactly. <laughs> like the guy that UPS, like, oh goddamn, Jared Leto. Yeah, exactly. You know they're cringing whenever they have to pick up something from Jared Leto's now. <laughs> they're like, they're like, what the fuck is he doing now? Like they get together like, oh, Jared Leto has a pickup. Not it! <laughs> Damn it! Anyway, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was Sam Smith. <laughs> that, that, was, that was our Sam Smith talk. Yeah. Um, All right, so, anything did- else on Sam Smith? Uh, no, I, I thought the I, I thought the performances were okay. The second one I liked a little bit more just because I like acapella shit. But I understand how some people can be like, oh, it seems like yeah. he's he's trying to be too important or yeah, too uh, what's the word verbose? No, that's not the word. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, pretentious is the word for me, but maybe that's not the word for you. No, no, I pretentious. We'll we'll leave it at that. Okay, so uh, weekend update. Colin Jost, Michael Che. I've uh, heard of those guys. Yeah. Hey, more jokes about George Santos. How about that? More jokes about George Santos. Bowen Yang returning as George Santos. Yeah. More, I, more outrageous lies from his biography. He was he was Balloon Boy. He was, remember that hoax from, I don't know how many years back that was. Probably at least 10. Hey, guys, remember Balloon Boy? Yeah. I'm going to reference Balloon. Like No one remembers Balloon Boy. 
I vaguely remember Balloon Boy. <laughs> I kind of, I mean, I kind of remember it, but like I'm, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, um, it's a reach. It's a deep cut. Yeah, it's a, it's the deepest of cuts. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I honestly, when he came back, when he came back on as George Santos, I'm like, oh, we're mm-hmm. we're we're going back to this. I thought we kind of, yeah. oh, we're doing this again. Okay, yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought we kind of took care of this in the cold open. I thought yeah, we, we we covered this right. Yeah. And, is, is there more? Is there more stuff to be mined here? Um, uh, it was no, okay. There were there were some funny jokes. Yeah, I thought it was all right, but it was just it didn't seem needed. It, it seemed like kind of yeah, I, I'd rather yeah, like I'd rather they have had on somebody else because like it seems like we kind of you know mined that well pretty pretty yeah. much in the cold open. Like there was really no need to go back to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did like a joke they had early on where um, Colin was talking about financial difficulties and he says, and you know, and then sometimes you have no choice but to blow up your Staten Island ferry for the insurance money. Mm. I, I thought that was cute. Yeah. Haven't heard much about that. The Staten Island ferry bars. It, it does make me think it's like, Oh, this mm. is that what they were going to do? They, they were going to open a bar on it. Yeah. Like basically from what I understand, they were going to, they bought a Staten Island ferry. They were going to dock it. This this was Colin Jost and Pete Davidson, by the way, in case you don't know. Yeah, they were gonna dock it. They were gonna clean it up, and it was gonna be like uh like a like a nightclub. Yeah, like a nightclub slash entertainment venue slash comedy club on the water. Huh. And I guess okay. I which isn't a bad idea, but it seems like it's yeah proving to be more trouble than it's worth. From what it I could hear, be a unique thing. But I mean, they haven't opened or anything, right? No, not at all. I I think last I heard, there was like. Had to figure out how to get rid of all the rats, and uh, it, it was—it seems. To oh be... dear, yeah, that's that's not a good starting point. No, no, it's not. No, it's not John no. Trumbull. When, when you have you have a new business venture, and step one of that business venture is get rid of the rats. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's not good. How many cats can we buy to take care of all these? rats? <laughs> Need some ratters. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but yeah, I, I call I... the organ man. <laughs> <laughs> Is the Pipe Piper busy? Can we call him? <laughs> is that a thing? Is that an actual thing? Yeah. Is that based on real life events? Give me Hamlin on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Hamlin. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, like uh, from what I, I haven't heard much about that club opening, so like who knows yeah. what's happening with it. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the. Um, Weekend update was pretty good. It had some pretty solid jokes. Yeah, I thought I thought it was it was pretty good overall. I, you know, the big highlight, of course, they do, they did a story about local governments having trouble hiring new employees. So they had Here we go. Aubrey Plaza come on as April Ludgate. What? Parks and Recreation, and you know the audience goes nuts. They're so excited. Yeah, I don't think this. I mean, I'm sure this has happened on SNL before, but I can't remember it happening recently where a host comes on to reprise. Like a character from a from a network show or a sitcom that they were on or something. I remember, um, I, I remember uh, Jennifer Aniston making a cameo once, and it was, uh, uh, oh god, I'm blanking on the the cast member's name. The, oh, the one who did the impression of Jennifer Aniston, uh, Vanessa Bayer. Vanessa Bayer, thank you. Uh, brain fart, mm-hmm. and yeah, and she was next to Vanessa Bayer while she was doing her impression of Rachel from Friends. I don't think. I don't think uh, Aniston was playing. I think she was playing herself. I don't think she was playing Rachel. Right. So yeah. So like to have 
uh, Aubrey Plaza come on as April Ludgate. I was like, oh, wow, that's uh, yeah, I did not see that coming. And, that was uh, fun, though. That was, fun. yeah, yeah. I also liked, I mean, she also had some good jokes too about like, you know, how to take part in your local government, like you could uh, be a dog catcher and say that you couldn't uh, find any. That you're, you're bad at catching dogs, yeah. yeah. Or you could like work in the water department and uh, drain the reservoir, find all the bodies and murder clues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just a lot of the April Ludgate uh, dark shtick. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. And it, you know, it felt kind of like April. Yeah. And then she, at one point, like, they're, they're asking her some follow-up questions, and she's like, oh, God, I don't know. Just talk to my old boss, Leslie Nope. And Amy Puller comes out as Leslie Nope. Boom! Leslie Nope! Crowd goes even more nuts. Yeah. Do you, was was uh, Amy wearing a wig for the the Leslie Nope hair? It looked like a wig to me. Oh. Oh. It's very possible. Yeah. I, I didn't notice. No, I mean, maybe that was just the easiest way to get the the Leslie Nope hair back. Yeah, the, the bouffant, as it yeah. were. Yeah, uh, the Leslie Note bounce. Uh, yes, but uh, yeah, like a uh, huge reaction from the audience. Like uh, it kind of mm-hmm. surprised me a little bit because I think with this, like if you've never watched Parks and Recreation, I don't know, I don't know how much you'd get this or like how mm-hmm. how big a deal it is to see Leslie Note and April Ludgate again. But yeah. uh, no, the audience was there for it. It seems like everybody was like, "Oh my God, it's them again." I mean, they did do that that uh, reunion thing in the early days of the pandemic, where it was just everybody communicating via Zoom. That's true. Um, and that was fun. I remember that being pretty good. I haven't watched it since, but... Yeah, right. You know, that was fun to revisit the characters a bit, and that was, you know, when everybody was uh, quarantining and stuff. Mm. And... Yeah. No, that's very true. And uh, But it, but either way, I, w- I was really kind of happy to see mm-hmm. it, because I'm a huge uh, Parks and Recreation fan. It might, it might be... It's definitely, it might be one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, I'd say. I don't know, I don't know where I'd place it, but it might be, it's probably top 10. So, I think, I don't know, I'm going to have to make a list, but like, it's it's high up there. I really like Park and Rec. I've seen every episode numerous times. Yeah, it's good. I I should probably do a rewatch of Parks and Rec. Um, I, and I like I like Mike Schur's stuff a lot. I was Mm. a big fan of Parks and Rec. I was a big fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, the good place. I I jumped off of the good place really early, and I feel like I should give the good place another chance. Gives a good ch- yeah, give it another because I hear really good things about the good place. Um, it's, it's pretty solid. I, I would definitely give that yeah. a second go around. And you know, hey, Ted Danson. I mean, come on, man, man's, man's an icon. Yeah, yeah. So I I liked uh, I liked uh, Leslie Nope had a line she was talking about. She was very excited to be on Weekend Update, and she's like, "Oh, I watched it when Seth Meyers did it by himself with no one else." <laughs> um, which you know, cute little in joke. Meta, thing. yeah, very yeah, nice. yeah. And and it's just kind of cute how Leslie was just very enthusiastic to be there, and then she's like, "Oh, can I do a joke?" And like, "Oh no, I'm not going to do that joke. That's too mean. No, I'm not going to do that one." And, and then she finally likes the third. <laughs> um, it was it was cute. It was uh, it was fun. Yeah, no, this was a fun little uh, Parks and Rec reunion. Them slipping mm-hmm. back into their old characters. Yeah, you know, it, was, it, was a, it was it was a nice, nice warm feeling, like drinking a hot cup of cocoa. Yeah, it, g- it gave me the warm fuzzies. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty strong weekend update, I'd say overall. I had some. Yeah, pretty good. Not bad. Pretty, not bad. pretty, pretty good. Pretty, yeah. pretty. I'm, I'm giving it a Larry David. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. 
pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, next up, woof. Avatar. Uh, yes. Now we're coming down off off that high, <laughs> off the Parks and Rec high. Yeah. <laughs> this brought you crashing down to earth. Right. Uh, Avatar, written by Heidi Gardner, Mike, Martin Hurley, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall, the PDD boys. Oh, and now you're going to tear it apart, it sounds like. I, I I shouldn't be too harsh on it. but um, So, so we, we, had, we had the Navi kind of gathering together, and I mean, it, it did look very impressive with yes. the makeup. And you know they're they're in the they're in the blue thing and they're slightly glowy because they were doing something with a camera, um, and they reveal that uh, there are, there are two women who have infiltrated the Navi, and they're butch ladies from Arizona and it's it's Heidi and Aubrey. Yes, uh, and, yeah. and they're like you know kind of tourists. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, they're basically infiltrating the Navi. And they're, mm-hmm. they're at first they're like, who who could it be? Who could it be? And of course, yeah, yeah. it's obvious. Like you said, Heidi and um, and Aubrey. Uh, they're Ricky wearing, and Christine. Yeah, they're wearing like the wraparound Macho Man Randy Savage sunglasses and uh, <laughs> yeah, and fake yeah. pens. Um, yeah. and that's pretty much the sketch. Like I think that was yeah, yeah. Like I think that's my main beef with the sketches there's no real escalation in it it was, it was very obvious i suppose yeah just kind of a lot of like what no it's not us and you know it's obviously them and the navi just kind of being very slow on the uptake um i was very entertained when i rewatched the sketch because i noticed that aubrey's ear came off and it was just kind of dangling from her from the side of her head for the last half of the sketch oh wow and i found that entertaining yeah I didn't even notice that. Oh shit! Yeah, check it out again. I just rewatched it on Peacock, and like her, her ear falls off, and it's dangling. I didn't notice it during the live show. Huh. Right. Wow. I, I mean, maybe they subbed like the dress version because of that. I don't know, but okay. wow. All right, I totally missed that. But the, but the, I I found that funny. Um, okay. Uh, well, right. maybe I'll, I'll go back and watch it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I mean, kind of once the once the gag is exposed, I'm like, all right, they don't. They're yeah. the uh, undercover, you know, humans or sky people in this novel yeah. world. They don't really. And then, and then with, they reveal that Keenan's character, he's like, hey, I haven't seen ladies play basketball since I was in on Earth. And they're like, wait, you're from Earth? And uh, that was just kind of a weird out of nowhere twist. Um, yeah. Then they're like, oh, we're from Earth, too. And they're like, oh, yeah. you shouldn't have said that. Oh, let's I get... mean, honestly, I was much more impressed with it technically with from yes. a makeup and costume standpoint than uh, a, a sketch comedy standpoint. Yeah. Um, and especially because, like, at the end, when they're pulling back the camera, they undo the, the camera trick, and we see that the costumes and makeup were actually orange, and they were doing, like, some sort of in-camera reversal of color. So all the orange stuff appeared blue. Right. Um, which I it gave him that kind of weird unearthly glow, right? Because um, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Because like, there's no way you could put actual blue makeup on all these people in time for the sketch. So you gotta like, you know, yeah, do a little camera wizardry and use the light. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, but it looked like they had orange makeup on, right? It did. Yeah, it was like some some ish, something they did with the lighting to make them look blue and yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's yeah, and and it was right after Sam Smith's second. Uh, number so they uh, they had a little more time to do all the makeup and costuming which I'm sure right. they needed. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like uh, so with this sketch, I will agree with you. Like visually, it's pretty amazing. Like the set design, yeah. 
is is incredible and all the costumes I mean, are it's, fantastic. It's incredible that when they parody a movie now, they can make it look almost just like the movie, even something like Avatar. I mean, that's that's damn impressive, especially yeah. when you're doing it live. It's pretty phenomenal. But yeah, like, I think much like the actual Avatar movie, visually it's great, but story-wise and plot-wise, yeah. this is a little lacking. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I might have liked it more if I was into Avatar, but I'm not, so I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I've only seen the very first Avatar movie, which I will admit, like, I saw it in a... I saw it in like what uh, IMAX. Visual. Uh-huh. If you see it in IMAX, it is visually like stunning. It is. It, yeah. it, it is a. It is amazing. It is a cinematic feat. Mm-hmm. Story wise, it's a little on the weaker side. Yeah, yeah. And from what I've heard, people say about the new Avatar movie, it's kind of follows that same suit. But like visually, yeah, that's, visually that's it's like next. Yeah, visually it's next level. Story-wise, it's uh, mid, as the kids say. Yes. They do say that. They do say that. They say that on the Twitter and the TikToks. Yes. Yes. So, um, Uh, yeah. Not our favorite. Yeah, not my fave. Um, Next up, HIV commercial. HIV commercial. I like this one a lot. Um, Yes, I think this is probably my other contender for Sketch of the Night. I would agree. Like as far as sketch- I, I, this or taboo, you know, I'm I'm going back and forth between those two. I'd agree, and this is the other sketch where I thought ah, I kind of wish there was a stronger ending to this because yeah, another kind of abrupt ending. I thought um, I, I think it worked better here than it did in the taboo sketch. Uh, um, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, so so the premise of this one, we have Aubrey. She's directing a commercial for an HIV medication, and uh, Devin, the third actor. In there, Devin Walker, uh, he he keeps adding in tags, kind of explaining that he's not gay. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's important to him. It's like, like, no, I just want everybody to know that my character and, and me are, are gay. And you know, Right, right. You know, I have HIV, but no homo. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think at one point he said, you can get HIV from a girl. That's how I did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she has to cut and say, like, um, yeah, I love, let me explain. Uh, you you are not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say anything after, you know, that's why I switched my medication to this. Um, right. And you're, this takes place in a gay bar. Your character is gay. Yes. Like, do you have a problem with that? He's like, then, no, 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 no. Like, it's like, yeah, is there a way, like, my character can have gotten HIV, you know, from basketball, like Magic Johnson? Yeah, I, I like that line. That was a, that was a very funny line. Um, I, I thought Devin's performance was really good. I, I liked how he played it. Um, you know, Mikey had some some fun stuff with his awkward dancing. Uh, yeah, um, I did like that. I did like how yeah. uh, Aubrey Plaza was the director. Marcelo's in how, there. Like as the sketch goes on, he just hates Mikey's. Marcelo's in there too. Uh, like yeah. he, she, she loves Marcelo's acting, and like as the sketch goes on, she hates. Mikey's dancing more and more. It's like, yeah. it's like no, that was actually you, you're getting worse somehow. Yeah. Uh, I also liked how in the beginning of the sketch, it's like, all right, let's get this. You know, I'd like to get this uh, wrapped up by lunch because I threw my breakfast at my assistant and I'm starving. Yes. Yeah. Um, funny stuff played well. I I wouldn't have minded if this was a little earlier in the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Like part of me, I thought it was a strong enough sketch to go earlier. Yeah. I mean, part of me thought. Like some people might have a problem with it because it's it's sort of 
kind of based in homophobia, the sketch, but like I think it's played. Oh. I don't think. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's played yeah. enough that it doesn't come across as like offensive or anything like that to anybody. Yeah, I mean, I think the guy, you know, Devin's character, I think, was definitely the butt of the joke. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, and and there, you know, there is a little um, what do they call it? Gay panic to it, but a little bit, but it's never. I don't think. I'd say it's like the mildest form of gay panic. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's not like oh, oh, god, no, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, um, it's not like a what, yeah, it's not like SNL sketches in the mid '90s. Right. I mean, I, one of my favorite comics, Eugene Merman, he had a great joke in his act ages ago where he was he was watching the movie Teen Wolf, and it's it's a scene where Michael J. Fox is trying to break it to his best friend Styles that you know he turns into a wolf and. Styles at first goes like, dude, you're not a you know a gay slur, are you? And and <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I'm just a wolf. Don't worry. I'm just a magical creature that will kill and eat you. <laughs> I'm not a gay man. <laughs> and he was like, I feel like they, you know, gay people have now made enough progress that it is better to be a gay person than to be a werewolf. Yes. Oh, but you know, the 1980s were were wild. I wow, I don't remember that part at all. Holy sh! Yeah, I don't know if it ended up on any of his albums, but I I saw Eugene uh, live a lot in like the early 2000s because uh, he he performed a weekly show in the city. And, okay. And yeah, that was one of my favorite jokes of his. Holy moly! Wow, I got it. It's one of yeah. those things. Like if you go back into a lot of the beloved movies of the 80s. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, wow, that is not cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes you revisit that stuff and you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it was just it was just the cultural norm then. Yeah, the less um, said about Revenge of the Nerds, the better. Yes, Yikes. yes. I mean, you know, like even even Bill and Ted's has, has a thing, I think, where they, they hug each other and then they uh, release each other and then they just go. They say that f word. Um, wow, really? Shit! I didn't yeah, know. I think I believe I believe if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Holy Toledo! Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. It's like what... every everything from like pre 2000 is probably horrible in some fashion. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm probably being generous saying that. It should probably be like 2010 or something. I don't know. It's it's just everything is going to continually become more horrible in retrospect. That's right. Yeah. Happy 2023, everybody! Yay! Yay! It's all downhill. Yeah. But but I I thought it was a funny sketch. I I did like how he just he just kept trying to get in that he wasn't gay and yeah. That's right, cause hey, there'd be mad girls in the club, and in the right. gay club, and and they'd be ready, and that's where I come in. Right, right, yeah. There are a lot of straight girls that hang up and hang out in the gay clubs, and yeah, um, uh, yeah, it was cute. I, I liked it. Yeah, uh, sketch written by Rod- Rosebud Baker and Michael Che. Nice, this nice. is a good one. Um, uh, so, uh, final yeah. and, and again, uh, nice to see Devin be more or less the center of a sketch. So. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think before we were kind of. You know, a little concerned because he he didn't seem to be yeah. getting much uh, screen time, and we didn't really get a good 
speed on who he is as a performer. I mean, he had that weekend yeah. update death segment. It's, I mean, it, it was good to see him. It was good to see Molly. Good week for both of them. Uh, Marcelo, uh, Michael Longfellow, not so much, but, mm. you know, well, hopefully they'll have other chances to well, shine. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, last sketch of the night, we had film noir mm. with uh, James Austin Johnson, who we didn't see too much of this week. Um, uh, not too. And he's he's like a film noir detective. The the sketches in black and white, and then Aubrey Plaza comes in as like sort of the femme fatale. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah. And there's there's just bizarre stuff, and and another Sharon Stone cameo because we needed another one of those. Yeah, like you know, he's there in the studio. Why not? Let's <laughs> use her once more. Hey, Sharon, you want some lines tonight? And uh, be in the yeah. sketch here. Well, you want to wear another evening gown? <laughs> Why, surely. Yeah, and, and you know, and hey, she looked great. Um, uh, th- this was fun. It was just a little bit of weirdness to end the night with. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't I enjoyed it. I, I liked like Sharon Stone's character at one point. She's like, "Oh, I, I go nuts for, uh, like, cynical private detectives with big noses." And and then James Olsen Johnson says, "Oh, I had to hear this the day before my rhinoplasty." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just such a weird, bizarre touch. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I think at one point he also, he also says he's 33 years old. He just looks older because he's an alcoholic. Right, yes. And that, and that's another thing that kind of horrifies you about old movies in retrospect is you, you you find out like how young these people were and they look like they're in their 50s because everybody smoked and drank all yeah. the time. Like, I got to see how old Humphrey Bogart was in like some of the classic films he was in. Like, I'm sure he was like 10 years younger yeah. than I am now. I mean, Bogart seems like one of those guys who was just like born 55. I, I, <laughs> recently, I saw uh, uh, like around Christmas, there was a, a picture of uh, Bogart and Bacall and their their son. Uh, what's his name? Stephen Bogart? Whatever their, their son was. Little baby son. And, and Bogie's just standing there and he's got like a drink in one hand and a, a cigarette in the other. <laughs> just, you know, Shane smoking away at Christmas. Father of the year. I mean, but that's what you want from Humphrey Bogart, right? Yeah, like if he, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't having a, you know, a Rob Roy and a cigarette while, exactly, exactly. whilst holding his newborn. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, film uh, more I thought was okay. And then, and you know, doing, doing that 1940s broad voice, that's, that's one of the things that Aubrey Plaza has in her repertoire and her toolbox. She did the, you know, a 40s dame Type yeah. on Parks and Rec a few times, as I recall. Oh yeah, uh, Janet Snakehole. Yeah, like I didn't kill him. I don't know what happened to him. He was just the, yeah. He was dead when I got here. You can't prove. Yeah, and I'm sure they wrote the sketch for that. They're just like, hey, this is something that she can do. Yes, do your Janet Snakehole impression in this sketch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I thought it was a fun sketch, a uh, fun show overall. Uh, not every single sketch worked for me, but. You know, how many episodes does every single sketch work for you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, overall, I thought this episode was uh, pretty solid. Like, I mean, for me, mm-hmm. I think the weakest one was the Avatar sketch. Uh, everything else, I either liked or thought it was okay. So, um, yeah, um, overall, not, my, not too shabby, this episode. It was my least favorite. I, I, I guess, you know, Megan and the Avatar sketch didn't do much for me, just because I'm not too much of a fan of the things they were parroting, so right. they didn't speak to me too much. Um, um, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I at least sort of liked everything, so that was fine, and I thought I thought Aubrey Plaza was a fine host. Yeah, um, yeah. I would love to see her come back. I mean, she 
she just had a lot of energy and a lot of she threw herself into the stuff and she she blended well with the cast yeah absolutely it's like she really you know it really proved that she really wanted to be there it really mm-hmm. showed that she like really cared about it like of course you know, in the beginning, she they, has feelings. She She's has not like feelings. a robot person. Yes, this the, this robot, this Tin Man has a heart. So yes, like, she really loves being there. Really has a genuine affection for NBC and SNL and all the performers there, and it really shows. She was really, I mean, who knows? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know she did try out for SNL back in the day, and she didn't get it. When was this? When I I, I was reading about this. That, yeah, when when did she turn uh, try out for the show? Ah, yeah, I gotta I gotta look it up. I know she talked about it on I think what Fallon recently, uh-huh. and uh, like I think she tried some. She she did some like performance and some impressions that uh, maybe were a little bit uh, too much for the SNL brand. Uh-huh. So like she didn't get it, and you know like so. But who knows like. Who knows how things would have turned out if she was an SNL cast member? Because I honestly, I think she might, she might have to chop to do it. Like I think she would have been a pretty strong cast member. I mean, I think, she, yeah. I mean, I I could see her being a cast member. Um, you know, maybe not as versatile as some other people, but yeah, I I could I could see her working out if they were able to write to her well. Um, and yeah. Or, or maybe she just would have been one of those people who was on the show and wasn't bad, but just didn't work out for whatever reason. Right, no, absolutely. All right, so from what I'm seeing, it looks like she auditioned in uh, 04. Okay, well, what it's a ways it? back. It's a, it's a ways been, back, yeah. She must have been pretty young. Pretty, pretty young. Yeah. But, um, yeah, overall, um, first show of the year, pretty, mm-hmm. damn, pretty damn good. First, first Cecily Less show? Cecily Less. Cecily Less. Yes. Cecilus. When's Schmigadoon coming back? That's like coming back in March or something? Uh, yes. No. Oh, that's a, that's a little bit of news. Um, yeah. Apple TV, they actually put out some info about a lot of their new shows coming out. And they, they did say Schmigadoon will be coming back in April of this year. Oh, April. Okay. Well, yeah. Even, even later than I thought. Yeah. And they actually they showed some uh, pictures of the new season. Apparently, yeah. so the last season ended with them going over the bridge, leaving yeah. Schmigadoon. And it seems like now, after, once they crossed the bridge, they landed in Schmicago. Schmicago. So we're going to see a Chicago parody next yeah. season. Yeah, and it seems. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and it seems like definitely going to have a ball with that, obviously. Absolutely, and it seems like all of the actors who are in Schmigadoon are going to be in Chicago, but they're going to play different characters. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and also well, you know, that's yeah, that's very much a theater thing. Yeah, and I also believe uh, Titus Titus Burgess from uh, Kimmy Schmidt it will be in the season two as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I a little new blood. Yeah, and I also uh, I think Apple TV also said that uh, Ted Lasso will be back uh, this spring. Yeah, and they had a still from the third season of Ted Lasso, and that mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Yeah, I look forward to checking both of those out. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, little little bit of SNL news right there. Yay! Yay! Uh, we got a little feedback on this episode of you folks who were telling us what they thought. Um, let's read some tweets. Read some uh, tweets. First, we got Mikey with two E's, who says, Welcome back! Well, thank you, Mikey. Uh, Decent episode overall. Enjoyed the monologue and thought all the sketches were actually okay, although nothing outstanding. Aubrey was a great host, and always great to see Amy come back. As usual, Weekend Update was the high point, and glad to see some of the new cast used. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with all that. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with all of those things. Let me pull up a tweet to read. 
Uh, oh, Manette Marotti, our good friend who was on our Chad episode. Uh, yes. Tweet. Happy that Molly and Devin both had great live sketch performances this episode. I have a better bead on where they could fit into the show now. And yes. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, Agreed. Yeah. Like I get a better, I mean, yeah, I, I do get a better vibe off of them now. Like, oh, okay. So this person can do this and this person can do that. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I Think I, I definitely have a better uh, read on on Devin. Here, here. So absolutely. Uh, let's see. Our friend Boardman gets paid. Says good morning from the Kirk Franklin suite of the Black Lotus. <laughs> I don't know if I entirely get that. Who is Kirk Franklin? Oh, John. <laughs> he's a he's like a gospel singer. He's a big deal in the world of uh, sort of not hip. I guess hip hop gospel or okay or not hip. Oh, he's more gospel music. But like in the in the world of gospel music, Kirk Franklin's a big deal. And they made a men- okay. they made a mention of him in the Black Lotus uh, sketch where uh, Heidi Gardner wanted to sing in their music. Oh, room. oh yeah, and she was like, oh, "Are you going to do a better job than him?" Okay, was yeah. that the real person? No, I think it's just some dude. Okay, just some dude. All right, all right. Anyway, so good morning from the Kirk Franklin suite of the Black Lotus. That Avatar sketch was my sketch of the night, just for how impressive it was. Ms. Plaza was amazing. We saw all sides of her: moody, dark, twisted, and Puerto Rican. <laughs> All right. So, and then uh, lastly, we I think we have a, a new uh, commenter. I don't believe we've gotten a comment from this person. Uh, the, their Nickelodeon at 45 podcast coming soon. Oh, well, we just gave them a free plug. Oh, uh, <laughs> they're at the Nick Fan Club on Twitter. Uh, they ask, did it feel right that the April we got was plucked out of an earlier point in the character? Like, Leslie's demeanor is consistent, but distant hoodie April felt like an artifact. Mm. So uh, they're they're talking about more that it was more early April Ludgate from the Parks and Rec seasons, because she, oh. she did a lot of growing up on that show. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um... Yeah, so this was more the disaffected teenage april ludgate than mm. the april ludgate that we had at the end of the show um i did not kind of og april ludgate yes <laughs> original recipe uh yes original recipe with the colonel's herbs and spices yes. all the fixings um yeah. i did not take that in consideration i i mean i guess so but i mean like i wouldn't say it bugged me or anything i, yeah. I thought it was fine i'd say that's probably the version of april ludgate that most people think of yeah if they're fans of the show um you know, if you, if you if you went to a Parks and Rec fan, you'd be like, "Which one is April?" And they'd be like, "Oh, she's the she's the disaffected teenager who's very monotone and very sarcastic and doesn't want to do anything." And right, and even and that wasn't necessarily a description of her by the end of the show because the show ran for I don't know, like seven seasons, something like that, something like that. Yeah, and I would say also, it seems like yeah, like towards the end of the series, April was a little bit, you know, her her hard edges did soften a bit, but I think that's only yeah. with the people that she worked with, like the people she knew and loved, like, you know, uh, Andy Dwyer yes. and Leslie Nope. Like, to somebody mm-hmm. who's a total stranger, like Colin Jost, I feel like she would still be the uh, that prickly teen. So I I, yeah. I think it still... Yeah. I, th- I think it still plays out right. It's still... Uh, I, I think it... And I think it worked well for the purposes of the update sketch. So, yeah. Right. And I, I'm, not, I'm not excessively worried about how it fits into Parks and Rec continuity. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, no, I, that doesn't really bug me. Yeah, it doesn't. Have, it's it's canon as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I I don't. I see what you're saying, but yeah, I, I'm not going to get that picky about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, also, um, it looks like Boardman Gets Paid had a second part to his tweet, too. Oh, did he? I missed that. He did. He says, uh, okay. I do notice at the really trying to... I, I do notice at the really trying to make Chloe a thing, and it's not working for me. It was nice seeing Amy and Leslie weekend update. Fire emoji. That's all I got, but if you guys do not like it, I hated it. Pimp talk out. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Not bad. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I've heard people say... It seems like they're trying to make Chloe. A th- I don't know if I really agree with that or really see that. But I don't. I don't think they're like promoting her to the excess or, or to the exclusion of other cast members or anything. Um, no. I guess. I I guess it is kind of wide open for the new sort of leading lady of the show with both Kate and Cecily gone. That's true. I I I, I mean, I don't know. For me, I think. I don't want to say Sarah. I think Sarah Sherman is kind of maybe on that trajectory, but I don't know. I, I think as far as like the leading lady of the show, I think it's more in yeah. Heidi or Ego's uh, court. The balls in more in their court. I'd say. I don't know. I, I feel like it could be Heidi, Ego, or Chloe. I think it. I, I think it's up for grabs among any of them. Hmm. Um, I, I think. Sarah's humor is just a little more quirky and off to the side, so I don't I don't see her being like the big person on the show the way like a, a Kristen Wiig or a, a Kate McKinnon or Cecily Strong was. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, yeah, fair enough. I see what you're saying. Her stuff is too out there, but I do see her like kind of getting more and more reps and getting more and more popular. Like her fan base is growing, and like I'm sure mm-hmm. SNL's taking notice of that. So like they're kind of giving her more and more stuff to do. Like they just had yeah. her and um, Chloe on the, uh, that Miley Cyrus New Year's Eve show. So it's like, yes, you know, the- I didn't watch that uh, New Year's Eve show, but yeah, they, they did a lot of stuff on there. And uh, uh, Sarah Sherman got like, uh, like a magazine article about her recently. Yeah. Uh, and, like Vulture. I don't know if it was Variety, Hollywood Reporter, something like that. I think, I believe we retweet. I think it's Vulture, but I'll, I'll double check. But yeah, oh, like, okay, maybe it was Vulture. But yeah, uh, Sarah one of Sherman, those things. One of those things there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sarah Sherman's on the rise. But she is, she is. But yeah, as far as like leading person, I think I, I might agree with you. I think it's more Heidi or Ego's uh, uh, gig. Yeah, but that's just me. What do I know? What do I know? I don't. I mean, I th- I think we've amply displayed. We we don't know much. No. But I know I we, love... we know we love you. Yeah. Ah, damn it. All right. I, sh- I should have let you finish. That's my fault. I and that may be... Oh, I don't remember the rest of the year. <laughs> all I, I have to give? All I need to know. Come on. All I need to know. I, honestly, I didn't like that song very much, so I usually turn off the radio when it came on. Do you not have Aaron Neville's greatest hits on, on repeat in your home? I, I do not. Come on, John. Mids, mids of, mids. A little that song went a long way for me. <laughs> Look at this life. <laughs> there was some comic at the time who said, like, he always sounds like you're tuning in and out of a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much, don't know I love you. <laughs> oh, God. How's it going? We have fun. We have fun. We have seasons in the sun. <laughs> yes. And, uh... That's our episode, guys. Thanks again for That's listening. As episode. Thanks again for listening as always. We always have a good time. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. 
As always, you can follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. Donate to our Patreon, non-productive.com. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N, Credible. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L in the word comic. And uh, next week, next week we've got Michael B. Jordan hosting the show. Not not this show. He's hosting Saturday Night Live, which honestly that that makes a lot more sense. That tracks. That's yeah. Yeah, that's that tracks. Right. And who is the musical guest? I'm blanking on that. Little baby, little baby. So we're gonna have a little baby as a musical guest. They're just not yeah. Not to be confused with the baby. Oof. No, oh, I no. thought it was is, like it's another. Baby. Is little baby a literal baby? <laughs> you think? They're going to be late, ladies and gentlemen, little baby. There's going to be an actual well, baby. I, just, I think that would be difficult because I don't know if an actual baby would have the motor skills to, like, hold a microphone. And, yeah. Hey, you don't know. Maybe it will be. Maybe we're going to see an actual baby on the, on, the, on, the, on the stage. That would be week. fun, right? That would be fantastic. That would be something different. Like a baby crawling on the floor, backup dancers. I'm, I'm going to be very disappointed when the musical guest comes on next week and and they're just like an adult. Ugh. <laughs> hey, Ugh. You're not a little baby. You're a, you're a grown-ass man. You liar. Yeah. You filthy liar. Ugh. Phony. Stupid adults. Ugh. <laughs> Wrecking everything. False advertising. <laughs> you're like a medium-sized adult. Yeah. Medium. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Medium adult. Medium adult. <laughs> Woo! So, yeah. So that'll be that'll be next week on the Saturday Night Live. So, uh, yeah, watch that and then tune into the podcast. We'll have fun again. But until then, nerds out. <laughs> This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.